are you working? Working nine to five. Meow, 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 meow. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode <laughs> of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host Mariah. This is your host, other host Bailey. I am the other, the other B. And welcome to episode two of Spooky Season. I am having a sleepover with a hundred children at my house, so if you hear screaming in the background, it's okay. It's fun slamming screams. doors. Just add it to the ambiance. Mm-hmm. It's just part of it. It's part of the spooky season. Yeah, it sounds like I'm in a haunted house we right are now, a but it's just haunted house. with like preteens. <laughs> They're like very smelly versions of ghosts. I love it. Anyways, what's up, B? Stealing all of our fucking cups, those monsters. Mm-hmm. I know my kids use all of my wine glasses as like glasses, glasses. Mm-hmm. Anyways. But yeah, we've got a fun weekend ahead of us. We are podcasting on a Friday night. On a Friday night. I have to work tomorrow. This might be a terrible the idea. Worst. <laughs> but that's because we're doing our annual, our now annual mm-hmm. Halloween block party tomorrow, mm-hmm. where us and our neighbors and some friends get together, and everybody provides like an activity and a treat. We let the kids run wild because you live on a court, so it's pretty. And I will say, every neighbor was like, "Well, Mariah and Lou are going to be there with the kids, right?" <gasps> every neighbor. Has that's asked. right. Yeah, it's our neighbors. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's super cute. We are all going to be there having a great time you can let the kids kind of run wild because the whole court's in on it so Mm -hmm. there's no like crazy traffic or anything and then because everybody lives there everyone can just drink all the adults don't have to worry about ubers or anything nope so it's a good time that's gonna be the best that'd be super fun but tonight we get to podcast tonight we work tonight we work 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 real quick a rest in peace to the two legends Do you know who? Well, uh, I'm assuming Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury, the legend, yeah. the queen, murder she wrote. God bless her. And then our really good friend is a mega fan. I su- like literally. I thought of Stephanie immediately. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, you think of no one else. But she was 96. Yeah, I mean that's a nice long life. I yeah, kind of yeah. didn't even know she was still alive. But then Rubius Hagrid died. Oh, <gasps> I think his name is Robbie Caltrain or. I'll look up his real name, but the actor who plays Hagrid passed away. I think he was 72. I know. It's the saddest thing. That one actually made me cry. I'll cry right now just thinking about it. That's crazy. All right. Well, since you already brought her up. The Queen Angela Lansbury? Yeah. I've got her in the news somewhere around here. Uh Uh-huh. Here we go. So, in... An interview that she gave in 2014, I guess she talked about how she relocated her family from L.A. in the 60s back to her mother's birthplace of Ireland because her daughter got caught up with Charles Manson. (gasps) What? Yes. O-M-G. Yeah, I guess her daughter got really hard on heroin. Yeah, that'll do it to you. And they were living like around Malibu and she's like in the fucking hills. There were just parties nonstop and she got all up in it and she was so swept away by how charismatic he was. Oh, my Lord. And Angela was like, we out. What a queen. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was incredible. Yeah. And they showed, um, of course, on TikTok, the only app that's ever worth being on, they TCM Turner Classic Movies played a very old Angela Lansbury movie clip. I don't know how long ago. 
forever ago. Okay. She was in some old Western and she was a triple Stunning. 10 Fox Stunning. baby. Stunning. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, yeah. Ooh, child. Oh, I know, for sure. Um, real quick about Charles Manson. Did you listen to the Danny Trejo yes. episode of Celebrity yes, Memoir Book Club? Yes, it was so good. And he mentions Charles Manson. Yes, absolutely, he did. So, yeah, he did do time with Charlie. Yeah. So, if you guys haven't already checked out that episode, please that's do a, so. That's a pretty good one. It's a great episode. Yeah, it's kind of everything you expect out of Danny Trejo. So, well, since we're talking about past episodes, then let's skip to this article. That relates just to our last episode, 78, where we compared the Mothman to Bigfoot. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources had to put out a statement recently because someone's going around the state parks putting up like Bigfoot sighting. Oh, yeah. Signs to the point where people actually became concerned of course and like started making calls and questioning and reporting things mm-hmm. so just like we talked about in that episode how easy it is to get like swept away in all the excitement and the mayhem somebody from norcal just posted on tiktok she's like look what i caught on my snapchat and i don't know what she was trying to snapchat she was like out in a on a tractor or something but this large furry man-like being Mm -hmm. jumps down from like a fucking pine tree and runs off screen so fast that it's like inhuman she's like is that what do you guys think do you think that was bigfoot and of course most people in the comments were like ah it's photoshop it's edited but you still have the people who are like maybe that's why every mm -hmm. picture we have of him is blurry because he moves so fast maybe it was an alien oh yeah i love it so much Oh, yeah. Cryptids. Isn't that what they're called? We discovered that last episode. Mm -hmm. Like all those like. I think it's like when it's like half man, half other creature, like Mothman, Bigfoot, whatever. They're Mm -hmm. cryptids for sure. Anyways. Okay. well, since you brought up Northern California, let's talk about our serial killer. Serial killer. Stockton serial killer. I guess is it more in like just that area? I think so. Uh-huh. And basically all I read was that they are targeting people at night, specifically of a darker skin tone, whether it be Hispanic or African American. But I think all the I think all the victims have been Hispanic men. I from the article I read it said that they were mixed races. Oh, okay. But that they were all definitely like at night. You could mistake in one possibly for the other. And they've all been like ran up on and like shot. Mm-hmm. From behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have a serial killer. I know that there's been at least like five victims mm-hmm. in the past couple months. Mm-hmm. And police say that there's enough evidence to tie all the crime scenes together to make them believe that it's the same person. And didn't a podcast listener bring it to your attention or had you heard about it but then i had already heard about it but they did bring it up on instagram i was like don't worry we're gonna talk about it because i I had just seen it that day too yeah it's pretty wild yeah well just so like all of this is going on and i'm watching the Dahmer series and then the Dahmer series related back to ed gein and i was just like oh my god all this fucking shit Mm -hmm. it all brings me back to the podcast yeah I love it so much. It does. I know all these things, especially because you weren't into true crime before. So you're really like, whoa, look at all these people I've learned about. But then again, you could have lived your whole life without ever knowing anybody and been just fine. (laughs) 
And we've been having all these spooky season like miracles happening for us. It is the most miraculous time of the year. Every time something starts to feel like we overplanned or it's too stressful or or just whatever, all the dominoes end up falling right in line for us. And we're like, perfect. So fingers crossed, we should be seeing the newest Halloween next week. Next weekend. Because clearly it would it came out today. Yeah. And the, we just, it's not going to happen no, this No, not this weekend. It's too much. We and need I, to enjoy it. And I was supposed to be going out of town next weekend, mm-hmm. and that got pushed back. Yeah. And so now, boom, yes. we have a weekend Perfect free. date night. Also, we should for sure do like a date night because it popped up on my Facebook memories. It's been a year since you and I went out and got a drink. That sounds right. Yeah. That's crazy. Time goes by so fucking fast because of these children well and it's also because we like hang out and uh, yeah, at and, home right so the idea of like going, going out. out is like an extra step yeah but yeah you and i have not gone out and For gotten like a, a girl's tr- night well no that's not true because we went and saw something and we went to that restaurant with the cool bar so and got maybe like, we just didn't take a picture yeah so it didn't pop up on i think it's when we went and saw maybe scream either way it's been too long it's been a long time it's been at least Six to nine months. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Jamie Lee Curtis has obviously been in the news a bunch recently, and she spoke about her role as Laurie Strode in a recent interview, and it really stuck out to me. She says, working within a male-dominated industry, the film needed three basic types of female role. You had the flirty cheerleader, the sarcastic, cynical friend, and then you had Laurie, the serious student, the romantic the virgin and the great miracle of my life was that I got cast as Lori you've met me we've spoken you know who I am I could very easily have been cast as one of the other two girls and that's just so incredible she could have been she was already like kind of known in the movie scene as like a sexy yeah type of a like she did some crazy 80s movies like in those weird leotards like, oh yeah thrusting her vagina at John Travolta and shit like she, yeah but she is the daughter of the original scream queen. I know she she could have been any one of those roles but she wasn't Love she it. was Lori could could you picture any other Lori um no right it has to be and I have to admit I never really saw her as like air quote sexy or like yeah. conventionally sexy until true lies mm-hmm. and they're like the strip tease girl yeah. right get it mm-hmm. yeah we love Jamie Lee Curtis we'll forever be Jamie Lee Curtis stands in this household um so obviously we're excited about the Halloween movie and something that really makes me mad during Halloween is when people skip to Christmas yeah but I'm not mad about this. Oh, dear. The Grinch. The Grinch. I saw that. Yes. Receives a very dark makeover as a murderous monster. As in the he should. upcoming horror parody feature, The Mean One. Yeah. I'm it makes so perfect sense. Excited. Um, it's going to come out. It's going to be free online. Oh, perfect. December 15th. Fantastic. I'll be watching it. But I loved... Uh, Cindy, you know who? <laughs> That's going to be so cute. Really. That's so fun. Yeah. Super excited about that. And that's such an easy jump to make. Just like. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it was. I think my grandparents used to get like Skinamax. Remember Cinemax? Is mm-hmm. that still a thing? Mm-hmm. 
But I think they had them all. Diary was like my first porn. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Everyone's <laughs> first porn was Skinamax or the like scrambled TV station. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the best. That's how old we uh-huh. fucking are. Half our audience has no idea what we're talking fucking about. Fucking fiddle with the rabbit ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know what it was. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was Showtime. But somebody did a run of fairy tales that they mm. turned into horror movies. Mm-hmm. So it was like a horror version of Snow White. A yes. horror version. Because it's very easy to do. Oh, yeah. And it was They're so good. Grim enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to know the eldest review of it. You just watched. Good. Yeah. You good. gotta give me more than that. So, I mean, my oldest talks a lot. So it was a lot of talking um, because my 12 year old hasn't stopped talking since they were nine months old. Just talking or asking questions. No, no, just, just talking, just talking. talking. Got to make the funny comment. Got to make the joke. Right. Got to imagine, like, imagine Just watch that. the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. little bit. That's how I felt. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just trying to drink my wine. I personally wouldn't be watching it, but I want to watch something with you. Yeah. So we're going to watch it. Um, but no, they liked it. They had seen a, like, clips and stuff online mm-hmm. so not too much like took them by surprise yeah but i think they feel about it like how i feel about it which is that pennywise isn't scary right Clown- clowns just don't scare us and the little like i don't know i don't know yeah i like i've always liked it as like a almost like a stand by me like a yeah. kid adventure yeah story mm-hmm. but pennywise himself and the concept of pennywise has never freaked right. me out so, yeah, that's I think that's how my 12 year old took it, too. Yeah. But, you know, they're 12. So it was and lots they of wanted to watch child's play. Th- and they were fucking wanted to charge us for it for right. ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It'll be my li- I'll be cold in the grave before I pay four ninety nine to watch goddamn child's, child's play, play. I know. especially not the first one. I'd rather pay that to watch the second one. Yeah. But anyways, um, no. Anytime you watch a movie with a 12 year old, it's a wild ride. It's all the snarky comments, mm-hmm. all the. Can't take anything seriously. Can't get nothing can be too cool. Can't get anything too much. So we have to make a joke about everything, which is fine. All right. I do okay with, um, you know, little shitheads, little shitty snarky people. That's kind of my lane. Well, I do have a movie review and a show review. Great. Which do you want first? What's the worst one? The movie. All right. Yeah, give me my vegetables before dessert. The uh, newest Pete movie. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Oh, Pete, Pete Davidson? Davidson? Mm-hmm. Our little boy toy? Yeah. Not good. I didn't even know he had a movie. <laughs> so he was seen in like paparazzi photos looking really sick, like looking like death. In all fairness, he always looks a little but, like, sickly. like really bad. Really like, bad. sunken black eyes. Like and Kim shit. just it's sucked while the soul out of his life. Movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. The movie idea itself is really good. All these kids are stuck in a house during a hurricane. The kid, Pete, is super wealthy. So they've got full access to drugs, alcohol, weapons, you name it. Weapons? Like fucking hurricane? Like swords and shit, right? You know, shit that they'd have on display and like. Definitely don't give that to people on drugs. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so I guess when they were kids, they played a game, Bodies, 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 where it's kind of like you are doing like a murder mystery. Yeah. So someone's assigned the murderer. Everyone hides in the house like hide and seek. Uh-huh. If the murderer finds you, you play dead. 
And then if anyone else in the house stumbles across your body, they have to yell out bodies, bodies, bodies. And it's then- Among Us. Okay. You know you that go. video? You know that little... I know it. I never I know you've it. never played it. But yes, but I know this it. is Among Us. Okay, perfect. But d- are you also trying to guess who the murderer is? Yes. Yeah, it's Among Us. Yeah. Okay. So Fantastic. It's Among Us in movie form with yeah. lots of drugs and alcohol. What a time. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty bad. Oh, is it? It's yeah. It's a fun concept. It's a Do really... people actually die? Yes. So somebody is murdering them? Yes. Well, kind of. Maybe. Oh. Fantastic. Well, yeah, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, no spoilers. So how many knives do you give it? Two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Because I really liked the idea. And yeah. I stayed up because I was excited. I had to watch it till the end. How does he look in it? You said he like looks really sick. So is he supposed <laughs> to look really sick? He's a heroin addict. like, Or oh. he's like just out he's of a junkie. his... junkie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So fair enough. In yeah. all fairness, Pete Davidson looking a little sickly is is one of his hot factors. I don't know what it is. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's that very much heroin chic it thing. Is. But he looks even he, more he sickly. He looks bad in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. He's hot in. Um, what was that? King of King of Staten Island. Yeah. He's hot in that movie. He is. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. He's also hot in an MGK video. Of course. No, there's a music video. Where him and MGK just do mushrooms oh. and then shoot a music video. Sure. Looks great in mm-hmm. it. And well, who the fuck is MGK? Get that guy off the screen. Right? Stop wasting our time. I was actually wondering what, just the other day, I'm like, what happened to MGK and What's-Her-Face? Oh, they're still. No, I know, but they were everywhere. Yeah. And then they just disappeared. Maybe he's on tour. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't follow anything like that on social media. If they're not in L.A. going out, they're not going to be all over the news. Like the rest not. of the world doesn't care about them <laughs> like the way that TMZ does. All right. OK, so now what's the show? OK, The Midnight Club on Netflix. Yes, I've been wanting to watch this. So did you hear about the first episode? No, I've heard nothing about it. It broke the Guinness record for the most jump scares <gasps> in an episode. Really? Clocking in at 21 jump scares. Because it was made by some heavy hitters, right? Was yeah. it made by like so some big deals? Every year Netflix has like yeah. their their big haunted house whatever. on haunted Exa- hill it's the same person midnight mass or whatever same person that's what it was i knew it was somebody like special made it mm-hmm. um so again i really like the story i like where it's going but as far as these jump scares not good no because they're Dang. back to back to back it's yeah. not a jump scare when you know it's gonna happen and you have to and like- you do it 21 times in a fucking row you have to build suspense that's what makes it a jump scare exactly so i was really disappointed with that all but right it's visually done very well it's spooky scary stories yeah yeah and in all fairness all the shit that they come out with on netflix every halloween they're time never scary it's never fucking scary but it's a good story it's and it's creepy yeah, and it's just fine fun. yeah but yeah, just, the jump scares really disappointed me. That's what I, drew me in. How many episodes is it? I don't know. Okay. Sometimes Netflix will put out something like, um, like the one that took me and Lou by surprise was was it the babysitter? Mm-hmm. We thought we that were getting great. like a funny '80s like parody or something, and we were like, "It was whoa!" Bloody. Once the satanic ritual started mm-hmm. we were like what yeah are we watching it was awesome with bella thorne mm-hmm. yeah and then there was the one that came out the year after that where it was like um 
they're all coming home from a concert and there's mm-hmm. like been serial killers serial killings happening yep and then you find out that it's actually the girls that you've been yes like the protagonist this yes. whole time mm-hmm. great one johnny oh. knox is johnny knoxville in it i think it's like her dad anyways oh yeah great i know what you're talking about it's so fun it's so good yeah mm-hmm. all right fair enough mm-hmm. i have not there's nothing I've been watching that I'm quote unquote excited about except for House of Dragons, which yeah. there's no point in reviewing because everybody's watching House of Dragons except for you. Except for me. Mm-hmm. But it is, it feels so, if the weather would change, I'd be happier. But Tell right, me about the episode that people complained it was too dark. People just are stupid. <laughs> my TV, like literally we saw everything perfect okay, on my TV. Okay. Um, No, just like turn the brightness <laughs> up on your TV. Our brightness is at 50% and we saw everything just fine. Perfect. Um, but so sun Sundays have always been my favorite day and summertime kind of bums me out a little bit, but once fall hits, it feels like, especially with house of dragons on, it feels like Sundays are back, baby. Football's on all day. Yeah. I can clean the house. That's why I, I can, looked at you today. I'm like in your jeans and your sweatshirt. I'm like, we are manifesting fall. We are making this bitch happen. We got football all, all day. I'll do my deep cleaning, which doesn't sound like fun, but I thoroughly enjoy it. I can cook something real for dinner, have some yeah. wine, and then House of Dragons is I on. I want soup so bad. Yeah. It's fucking 88 outside. I send my kids to bed. We light some candles. We put on our goddamn Game of Thrones. Sundays are back, baby. I love it. My favorite day of the week. The best. Yep. So that's pretty exciting. But yeah, everyone besides you is watching it. So of course, it's a five knife review. It is. um, It's so hard because everyone's so jaded from the end of Game of Thrones. But it is definitely as good as the beginning parts of Game of Thrones. Did you finish that Game of Thrones podcast? Yeah. Did they eventually change the story? Yeah. Because you said where you were at last time. No, no, they totally changed it. Awesome. Do you like it? And they did it so seamlessly. And it's also been so long since I've watched the last season of Game of Thrones. But I couldn't remember. I kept telling Lou, I'm like, wait, did that happen? And he's like, I maybe he's all. They did it really smooth. Cool. It it takes you to a point where you're like, okay, that for sure didn't happen that way. But cool. Let's hear it out. And it was an interesting ending. I still don't know if it's the way I would have ended it, but it does make a lot more sense. Okay. I love it. For sure. Very cool. That's fun. Yeah. There you go. If you and Bailey are the only two people not watching House of Dragons, (laughs) give it a try. It's a great. I give it a five dragon review. I will. I will give it a try. I just got locked out of the account. So that's oh, that's right. You can't get into HBO. I can ask about um, what ours is. I don't know how that works because we're using somebody else's. And that, that's just it. So were we. And that one got locked out. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to talk about? No, we can finally get into the goods because I watched this. <gasps> because there's another one. And Movies. I saw that. Did you watch the one with Michael Caine? Yes. Yes, yes I motherfucking <laughs> did. It just popped up on my, I think I was looking up. Okay, uh, it's about Jack the Ripper, everybody. <laughs> I was looking <laughs> up um, Jack the Ripper, yeah, and um, it popped up on Google mm-hmm. the Michael Caine one. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I'm like, we should have watched the Michael Caine one. Yeah, 
And we always say, me and Lou always say his name, like we're saying my cocaine with a British accent. I love it. My cocaine. My cocaine. My cocaine. Anyways, yeah, so I'm really excited to hear about that. Because yeah. I'm like, from hell, shrum hell. Like, we've all seen that movie. <laughs> And it's hard for me to sometimes I mix up from hell and sleepy hollow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then I'm like, I have to try to keep it straight. Mm -hmm. But I love that a year ago, spooky season, we did sleepy hollow. Yep. Johnny Depp. A year later, here we are from hell. Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. What a time. Yeah. Um, If you are listening and you want to play along to our THC drinking game, you already know the rules. Take a drink. Anytime we spill something. We're not in the pod shed. We cheers. We mention an old episode. We mention a badass big sister or we mention um, our favorite TV show, Monk and Tony Shalhoub. You know it. Perfect. You ready to go? Oh, yeah. You want to do a little wine refill? Yes. Okay. Tonight's wine, because we were desperate and had to go to a gas station, is a Pinot Grigio by Kendall Jackson. It's not bad. No, it doesn't taste like much of anything. No. Yeah. Which is kind of how I like my wine. I was a little nervous because the rest of their wine selection was garbage. And I've never had Kendall Jackson, but it's totally, it's fine. Well, we still have time to be disappointed because I have a new seltzer. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hate it. I know. You want to cheers? Yeah. Here's the spooky season, babe. We We are cheersing. It's just plastic. It's in plastic cups. (laughs) As classy as we are. All right. Let's get into the goods. Jack Marie Ripper. Just kidding. I was going to stop it. (laughs) Don't get me excited like that. (laughs) So this is episode 79, obviously about Jack the Ripper. B watched From Hell. And what's the second movie? I don't know. Jack the Ripper. Yay. But what's really interesting is it's filmed in like 1988. I could tell by how Michael Caine looked on the picture Mm -hmm. that it was a... So what, what, what did you say? 1988? 1988. So you mean 100, 100 years, years after the Ripper? Yes, exactly. Michael Caine knew what he was I doing. Know. God damn it. He's just the best. the best. I love him so much. All right. I got everything this episode from jacktheripper.org. Uh-huh. Official. <laughs> yes. Historicuk.com. And surprisingly strawberrytours.com they do tours of england and london so listen if you want to book a jack the ripper tour go to strawberrytours.com i would and if they want to sponsor us for this shout out they can i absolutely would (laughs) i would totally go through someone called strawberry Tours. strawberrytours.com they had a lot of information about jack the ripper on their website incredible thank you strawberry okay you ready yeah by the late 1800s By the late 1880s, London is officially the largest capital city on Earth. They're about 50 years into Queen Victoria's reign, which, in case you're wondering, be the Victorian era, named after Queen Victoria, because she was the longest reigning monarch until our our most recent incredible rest in peace queen elizabeth there we go so uh queen victoria i think reigned for like 60 something years so we're 50 years into her reign we're in london and the west end of london is having like a cultural renaissance with like music and affluence and culture and food and they're living the high life okay which is great for them right but on the east end of Mm. london it's very different yes 
This is where um, you find your slums and your ghettos that house uh, about 900,000 people. Oh, is that all? Many of which are immigrants and refugees, people who are basically desperate, and this is their last resort, Um, people who are unemployed, drug addicts, alcoholics, single mothers, criminals. Yeah. They all... (laughs) Please pause for the loudest train on earth. It's so loud. You should hear how loud it is in the dead of night. Sometimes they just lay on their horn at like 3 a.m. I'm like, okay. But that's because they hit people. I know. I know that they're doing it for a reason. I'm like, mm-hmm. at this point, just fucking hit them. I know. Like, how long do we have to lay on the horn for? Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of Bart, though. I like it. Kind of. <laughs> in a very industrial way. So out of these 900,000 people, about 250,000 people are in the neighborhood of Whitechapel. This is a basically dark maze of a neighborhood, filthy, disgusting streets filled with literal shit. No, I can't. The way that these people lived. Yeah. The smell alone would have taken me out. Yeah, there's no like plumbing or sewer system so we're talking about like human excrement horse excrement flies everywhere yeah vomit and piss and we're walking absolute filth filth. no it's obviously a crime-ridden neighborhood where you will find people in desperate situations we're talking multiple families renting out one-room apartments And if you can't afford rent of an apartment, you can buy like a bed for a night. Mm -hmm. And if you can't afford that, you can be given a lean to, which is basically these rooms filled with like ropes hanging from wall to wall. And you just like lean your body up against it and sleep. Okay, that explains something. Okay, As you can imagine, these horrid conditions lead to raging alcoholism and drug use because... How the fuck else are you going to cope There's in no this situation yeah. due to all the to the malnutrition and the disease and the terrible living conditions? Only about 50 percent of the children born on the East End ever make it to five years of old. Of course. Yeah. So you have a lot of like poor, desperate mothers. Yeah. That were are willing to do absolutely fucking anything. Absolutely anything. Of course. Because otherwise... How else do you survive? So what have desperate women been doing since the dawn of time? So their bodies. Sex work. Mm-hmm. The oldest industry on earth. Mm-hmm. There's an estimated 1,200 female sex workers in Whitechapel, although many believe that there were a lot more who just, I mean, how do you even you, get a number about can't. that? No. Especially because they're selling themselves for anything like they'll sell themselves for a few pence, yeah. but they'll also sell their bodies for like a little bit of food, of a safe place to sleep, something to drink, alcohol, mm-hmm. booze. Um, So it's even hard to get a gauge of like, what do you count as sex work? Yeah. You know, is fucking somebody for like a meal and a place to sleep the same thing as fucking somebody for money? You know, you're, you're going to turn around and buy it anyways. Mm hmm. 
Many of these women, unfortunately, of course, are attacked and even murdered. The police don't give a fuck. Nope. The media doesn't report it. Nobody cares about what's going on in the East End to these women until, of course, 1888, when one man makes them all pay attention. Mm -hmm. August 31st, 1888, at 3.30 a.m., a man named Charles Cross is walking to work and sees the body of a woman laying in the street. He calls over another man. He's like, I don't know. She's not really moving. And they see they come up on the body of sex worker Mary Nichols. Her skirt is bunched up like around her waist and they can't decide if she's dead or not. Parts of her like her hands feel cold, but then like her face and like head and stuff feel warm. Weird. They can't tell if she's breathing or not because this is you have to remember all of this is happening very dark. They have some gas lamps. Even, in Whitechapel, but yeah. it's a very dark, murky, mm -hmm. weird neighborhood. Yeah. So everything is like three o'clock and in it's the London. Yeah. There's like fog and rain. Yeah. So they can't tell if she's breathing or not. They decide to just leave her. They do have the decency to pull her skirt down oh. to like cover her up a bit. What they can't see because it is so dark is that her throat has been slashed so deeply that she's almost been decapitated. Mm. Shortly after they leave her, a patrolling police constable, John Neal, finds Mary. He's, he sees blood on her and calls for a doctor. The doctor shows up around 4 a.m., pronounces her dead. What a easy job that he yeah. has. <laughs> like, yeah, of course she's Thanks. dead. Thanks, guy. But due to her body warmth, he figures out that she hasn't been dead any longer than about 30 minutes which means that the murderer could have still been on the scene when Charles first came upon mm. her body, which explains why she was still pretty warm. He couldn't tell if she was still breathing or yeah. not. So they it, think it that the murderer fresh. could have been somewhere in the vicinity. Uh -huh. Mary Nichols was born in London in 1845. She was originally married with five kids, but her drinking problem led to the separation of her and her husband and she eventually abandoned her kids and then she bounced around workhouse. Uh, that eventually turns into her becoming a sex worker. She was last seen drunk around 2.30 a.m. the morning of her murder looking for a safe place to sleep. She had drank away her lodging money. Mm -hmm. And so she was trying to find someone to let her crash basically and she was being turned away. This starts a pattern of the future victims. Yeah. They're pretty much all going to be female sex workers, alcoholics, troubled past, desperate. Yeah. Desperate women. September 8th at 6 a.m., John Davis finds the mutilated body of 47-year-old Annie Chapman lying on the ground, also with her skirt around her waist. Her face is swollen and bruised, and her body is covered in blood. The autopsy shows that her neck has been severed. Her womb has been removed along with parts of her bladder and her vagina. Annie is, of course, also a sex worker living in between boarding houses, the drinking problem, uh -huh. et cetera, et cetera. Leading up to her murder, she had actually gotten into a fight with another woman in her lodging house, which is actually where the bruising on her face came from. Okay. She had been beat up recently. And in the next few days after that, she had kind of just spent 
looking around for lodging, begging for places to stay. She didn't have any money. And again, she was turned away from the lodgings. And so it kind of just led to her, like the previous victim, kind of just out and about at night. Nowhere to go. Looking around. No one looking for you. On September 8th, she was last seen by a woman at 5.30 a.m. This is a half hour before her body is found. Um, She's seen near the crime scene with a man. And the woman who saw them talking said that she heard her say, uh, she heard the man ask, will you? And Annie said, yes. Mm. So a half hour before her dead body was found, she was seen talking to a man near the crime scene, apparently saying yes to some proposal. Okay. By now, word is spread. The East End is in a uproar, of course, as it always happens. Inspector Frederick George Aberlein, mm. who is a man from and has worked in the East End previously, takes over the lead of the investigation. But this isn't enough. On September 10th, a group of local men formed the Mile End Vigilance Committee mm-hmm. headed by George Lusk. Um, they're not quite vigilantes, more so that they're kind of like a neighborhood watch mm. who also, because a lot of them are businessmen, will help support the police with not just information, but also like money. Okay. So they're they're trying to help as yeah. much as they can. September 28th, the Central News Agency gets a letter threatening more murders, and it is signed officially by Jack the Ripper. Okay. So kind of like the very first version of what zodiac uh-huh, BTK. Uh, btk for sure this guy sending letters son of sam sending letters into the media mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely they all had to learn from someone and apparently it was this motherfucker they he is giving credit this whole thing for like obviously there's no such thing as the first serial killer because no. they've people existed forever killing, yeah. the first time that people were like obsessed with the serial killer yeah. riots are now breaking out all over mm-hmm. Whitechapel. Crowds attack any man they see with a black bag because they've hyped themselves up and convinced themselves that Jack the Ripper carries a black bag filled with knives. Ooh. September 30th, two murders happen within minutes of each other due to Jack the Ripper. The first is Elizabeth Stride, a.k.a. Long Liz. Long Liz. Which I really like her name. Of course. Long Liz. She's a sex worker in her 40s. Um, She had spent the day cleaning um, a lodging house for some money. She gets paid. She goes to the bar, gets a drink, and then she goes, you know, home to where she'd been staying for for the past few weeks, months. I'm not sure. She gets dressed up and... You know, her people that live there with her, the locals are saying that she looked like she was ready to go out is what they said. So I'm assuming that means maybe go to work as a sex worker. But point is, she went, she got a drink. She went home. She got gussied up. She's ready to go at 730 p.m. She's seen leaving the lodging house. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's raining pretty heavily that night. Liz is seen later. Between the hours of 11 and 12.30 a.m., she's kind of just seen around the neighborhood with this dude. They keep making out in, like, doorways and, like, really going at it. Okay. Get it, long. The man is, the man's described as wearing dark clothing and, like, a 
bowler style hat. Mm-hmm. He's described between like 5'5 five five and 5'8, five dark hair, a mustache, and everybody in the neighborhood notices that he's very clean cut, very respectable looking, very much not that those men don't get sex workers, but like the way he's making out with her all over the place. They're like, we wouldn't expect that of like his someone. Kind. Yeah. Uh huh. Liz's body is found around 1 a.m. with blood still pouring out from her throat. So Jack the Ripper obviously had just been there. Like, was he almost just caught in the act? Yeah. Exciting. Around the same time as Liz's body was discovered, a sex worker named Catherine Adows is released from jail. She had been... Arrested the previous day for basically just being too drunk in public. Mm-hmm. Like she was too drunk. She couldn't stand. She was incoherent. The cops grabbed her, threw her in jail to sober up for a while. Mm-hmm. She did. She sobers up. And now they just send her on her way at like 1.30 a.m. They're like, bye. Bye. Have a good night. Um, around 1.30 a.m., three men see Catherine talking to a man very intimately, very close together, like touching each other. One of the men sees the man's face. He describes him around 30 years old, about five foot nine, medium build with a mustache, very well dressed in dark clothing. So this is very well possibly one of the only living people who have possibly seen Jack the Ripper's face Mm -hmm. in person. But it is, again, kind of a dark foggy murky night and he just saw him in passing Uh there's only so much he's going to remember yeah Catherine's body is found 15 minutes later at 1 45 a.m a police constable who is just kind of doing his rounds finds Catherine's body in a pool of blood with her skirt pulled up around her waist her throat slashed her body ripped open her eyelids cut off her nose and right ear cut off. Her uterus and kidney were removed and her intestines were placed over her right shoulder. Wow. So the amount of mutilation is like insane amplifying too. Yeah. They also follow like a trail of blood that leads them to a chalked message on a wall that says, quote, the Jews are not the men to be blamed for nothing. But the police just erase it because they're not sure how long that message has been there. There's okay. no proof that like the Ripper left that message. Mm-hmm. And if it's not related. So a lot of the immigrants who have came into Whitechapel are Jewish immigrants. Mm-hmm. And there's already a ton of xenophobia going around. There's already a lot of like people hating the outsiders, hating Jewish people. This is going to amplify it. Yeah. And so they don't want to like add gasoline to the fire if they don't know for sure that that's a like Jack the Ripper clue. Yeah. I get that. It Mm. makes sense. So they have it. They're like, just wipe it away, erase it, which to this day is like controversial because they're like, that could have been something. They, of course, immediately do a full search of the area and they actually do find a clue. They find an apron that's been discarded. It has fresh blood and feces wiped on it. Mm. Pretty obvious that this is probably from the Ripper kind of dropping it on his way out, whether on purpose or on accident. Who knows? But it does explain how he can disappear so quickly. So if he is dressing in dark clothing and a big coat, 
he can put this coat on over like he can have his clothes. He can have the apron. Yeah. Then he can have the coat on over the mm-hmm. apron. Take the coat off. Do his do work. It, do his shit. Put the coat back on. Put the coat back on. You can't tell nope. or discard the apron if it got too messy. And There's no DNA go. testing back then. Put the coat back on. He looks like another clean cut, yeah. well-dressed man out and about. Mm-hmm. Ten forty-five a.m. on November 9th, Jack the Ripper's last victim is found. Her name is Mary Kelly. She's the youngest. She's 25 years old and she's very pretty, attractive. She's also very like clean cut. She's well liked in the neighborhood. We're talking about like a beloved figure in Whitechapel. She's found in her bed by her landlord who is um, actually there to she's overdue on rent. So he's there to get her late rent and what he sees him scars him for the rest of his life he actually writes a memoir decades after this and he talks about how hard it is to think back about what he saw when he found her body insane dr thomas bond i'm sorry dr thomas bund writes the following post-mortem report Ah. says quote the body was lying naked in the middle of the bed The shoulders flat, but the axis of the body inclined to the left side of the bed. The head was turned on the left cheek. The left arm was close to the body with the forearm flexed at a right angle and lying across the abdomen. The right arm was slightly abducted from the body and rested on the mattress. The elbow bent and the forearm subpoen with the fingers clenched. The legs were wide apart. The left thigh at right angles to the trunk and the right forming an obtuse angle with the pubes. The whole of the surface of the abdomen and thighs was removed and the abdominal cavity emptied of its viscera. Wow. The breasts were cut off, the arms mutilated by several jagged wounds, and the face hacked beyond recognition of features. The tissue of the neck were severed all around down the bone. The viscera were found in various parts, the uterus and kidneys with one breast under the head, the other breast by the right foot, the liver between the feet, the intestines by the right side, and the spleen by the left side of the body. The flaps removed from the abdomen and the thighs were on a table. The bed clothing at the right corner was saturated with blood and on the floor beneath a pool of blood covering about two feet square, The face was gashed in all directions, the nose, cheeks, eyebrows, and ears being partly removed. The lips were blanched and cut by several incisions running obliquely down to the chin. There were also numerous cuts extending ear regularly across the features. That's crazy. So that's what they walked in on. Yeah. To find poor, sweet... Mary's body. Like, how would you even know what you're looking at at first? It's just pure horrific. Yeah, blood and meat. The panic caused by Mary's horrific killing forced actually the resignation of the chief of police. Yeah. And after this, Jack the Ripper seemingly stops attacking people. Now, it is to be noted that the stories I just told you were of what they call the canonical... I can't I can't say this word canonical five. OK, which is basically the five women I just told you about had enough similarities, enough evidence. They were all in the same area, the same neighborhood. 
enough similarities, basically, that they can tie it all to one person. But that's not to say there weren't more. But there are um, three victims that happened before Mary Nichols' body was found that aren't the same as the as the five. Mm-hmm. But it's to be noted that serial killers, a lot of the times, like they amp up. They warm up. So yeah. they start off they by like learn. attacking and mm-hmm. then murdering. And now he's gone on to murdering and mutilating. Yeah. So they're thinking that maybe those Each victims got more severe yes. and more like artistic almost with the placing of the pieces. And yeah. The- so the there are three victims that they think happened before and he yeah. was kind of like warming up. And then after the air quote final uh, victim, there were another four victims, which again, don't quite match the same like evidence. Um, but at this point, people are also hysterical with jack the ripper so like any murder or attack that happens they're gonna be like it's the ripper yeah Mm -hmm. but the five i told you are the five that the experts and the police agree are definitely the jack the ripper five after interviewing over 2,000 people investigating 300 and arresting 80 this is still an unsolved case okay so the profile that they're kind of thinking of that um who would be Jack the Ripper is definitely probably an educated man, possibly in the medical field with like access to like, you know, scalpels and Mm -hmm. tools and stuff. He knows where organs are Mm -hmm. and like where to place body parts. They think that, uh, he probably is of means. He's probably has some money or comes from money just due to the way that multiple people have described men that they've seen that, He probably has some cash and that he's either from Whitechapel or he has connections to Whitechapel, whether it means that he like lived there during the murders or even had like a spare apartment there. Okay. But the way he gets around and disappears Mm -hmm. and can like cut in and out of stuff, he knows Whitechapel at least fairly well. Also, they're wondering if he had some mommy issues. Mm. He definitely has a hatred for women, apparently. Yeah. And he really seems to target women who are... Sorry. That's okay. He obviously is targeting women who have drinking problems and substance abuse problems. Or they could have just been the easier of the targets. I totally, mean, but they're trying their best here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that takes us to... Who could it be? We have some suspects. I'll give you the top five. Ooh, well, we've got five victims. Why not have five suspects? Okay, so the first suspect is Montague John Druitt. So Montague John Druitt is an Oxford-educated man from a pretty good family. He was actually uh, born and raised near Whitechapel, though it was on the other side of the Thames River. Ooh, and although he was an educated man from a from the better part of town, there are rumors that he was sexually insane. Sexually insane. Yep. Several weeks after the air quote final murder of Jack the Ripper, which was Mary Kelly, um, John committed suicide. Mm. His body was found in the Thames. And so they're wondering, is that why the, the Ripper's murders stopped? stopped? Yeah. All right, that's suspect number one. 
Suspect number two is Carl Feinbaum. You know, I like a good Carl. 54-year-old German merchant sailor. He was known to be a psychopath who confessed to mutilating women, and even his own lawyer believed that he was Jack the Ripper. Good lawyer. He had many aliases. He was known to be working on ships that had been docked in Whitechapel. Records prove that he was working in Whitechapel on every single date of the five Ripper murders. How would he know the area? (coughs) Just from porting there so often. Yeah, I would assume. So that's another one. Okay. That's kind of all they have on him. Then we have Aaron Kosminski. Several highly esteemed police officers believed that the Polish barber, Aaron Kosminski, was Jack the Ripper. And apparently his mitochondrial DNA was found on Catherine Adow's shawl. But she was also a sex worker. So and also how old was it that they like (coughs) when did they test the mitochondrial DNA? Like how many decades for real after that did they do that? He settled in London in about the 1880s. He was an immigrant from Russia. He was Jewish and was living and working as a hairdresser in Whitechapel during the murders. He also had a very strong hatred of women, had homicidal tendencies, and was even sent to an asylum in 1889 where he then died. Again, shortly after the murder stopped. Now we have Francis Craig who in recent years, experts have started believing that Mary Kelly's husband, who is Francis Craig, was the Jack the Ripper. She had a husband. They all had husbands. This was the 1800s. They all had husbands and kids, and for whatever reason... They just weren't together. So at the time, Francis was working as a reporter... um, And he was reporting on the murders. He was the son of a well-known Victorian socialite. But there are rumors that he was suffering from a mental illness, like possibly schizophrenia. Mm. He obviously lived in Whitechapel. The theory is, is that once he discovered that his wife was actually working as a sex worker, that she went into hiding deeper into the East End under like a false name and that he started basically killing sex workers as a revenge until he finally got to her and then it ended. Okay. And finally, we have Walter Sickert. So apparently in the book Portrait of a Killer, Jack the Ripper, Case Closed, author Patricia Cornwell, who is my mother's favorite author probably, She's read all 575,000 Patricia Cornwell books. Okay. Um, Pinpoints artist Walter Richard Sickert as the real Jack the Ripper and even claims to have found DNA evidence, which links him to at least one of the Jack the Ripper letters. Well, then we're clearly going to believe that. But even before her book, he was believed to have been behind the murders as far back as the 1970s. Oh. Um, he moved 
to London in eight, in the 1860s. He was known for painting sex workers, and some believe that he used to insert clues and symbols about the Jack the Ripper murders into his artwork. Some experts suggest that the clues are so similar to the actual crime scenes that only the true murderer could have painted them. Ooh. It's also believed that he was impotent, and after having several surgeries on his penis... Um, well, that would make he's anyone all mad, mad and yeah, backed that up. That would make anyone mad. Experts have always suggested that Jack the Ripper may have some sort of impotence problem, which is why they would target sex workers so violently, and they'd make out so hard beforehand. <laughs> right, the dry humping. Uh huh. Now, there's a side note here that says many serial killers throughout history have been proven to be impotent or suffer from sexual problems as the act of killing becomes their only means of sexual fulfillment. It makes me want to go Go on a deep dive of everybody we've looked into to see who's impotent and who's not. Go down the list. He also found mitochondrial DNA on several of the letters. Blah, 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 blah. He passed away in 1942. So nobody will ever really know who Jack the Ripper was because everybody's been dead for 100 years. <laughs> but there you go. Jack the Ripper, baby. That's exciting. Ripping through the East End. Yay. And I will say nothing good came out of Jack the Ripper. But no. one thing that it did do was it alerted the rest of London the and The East Side England and their renaissance. Yeah. The West Side and the renaissance. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Alerted... Um, yeah, it alerted them to like how bad the conditions were, were. Mm-hmm. in the East End and in Whitechapel. And um, it kind of brought attention to that, yep. which one could only hope led to some sort of reforms and possibly better lives for people. But we're not going to give Jack the Ripper credit for that because fuck that guy, whoever he is. But there you go. Oh, I love it. Well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go a hundred years to 1988. Like, which one do I want you to do first? Yeah. Or do we do from... Which one did you enjoy more? I can't honestly say. Okay. So, I watched From Hell first. Yeah. But it is going to be the more popular one. Right. Because, I mean, obviously. And then... After watching it, you always kind of question, like, well, is this movie full of shit? Right. Right? Because I don't know anything about Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, how much of this is actually going to apply? And that's mm-hmm. why I got curious enough to go searching uh-huh. and found the other movie, which I need to re- figure out how I even watched it because, <laughs> seriously, 1988. Oh, my God. Um. All right, well, let's just do it in, in time fashion, though. Okay. You, just, you started with, okay. I almost said Sleepy Hollow. You started with From Hell. Let's start with From Hell. All right, so last episode, 78, we brought it back to my VHS yes. of The Mothman. And this episode, I needed to borrow your DVD. DVD. Yeah. We went up a couple decades mm-hmm. to the DVD. But the fact that I was even able to get the dvd to play to work right on anything the only way i could get a dvd to work actually i have a dvd player and i do think my tv in my bedroom is so old that it could still 
This TV in my room, a Dynex. And it's not even a name brand. Mm -hmm. Lou and I got it on sale at like Best Buy or whatever. But we got this shit uh, before my oldest was born. So 13, oh, wow. 14 years ago. Yeah. Look at her. Yeah. This used to be our living room TV 100 years ago when that was a big TV. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Remember when like 45 inch TVs were like huge? Oh, this might course. be a 50 inch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my parents coming to our apartment and being like, whoa, that's a big TV. Uh -huh. And now it's our bedroom TV because our living room TV is like an 80 inch TV. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so stupid. Anyways, Dynex, great brand. And it's old enough that I can plug my DVD player into yeah, it and watch because DVDs. Because our newest TV. You cannot. Nope. nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. So from hell, 2001. We are... Where in high school? 2001. Do you remember? Juniors. Yes, queen. You do remember. Good job. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. And I saw this in the theater. And I'm so glad that you didn't rip off the quote. Because when you said you were going to read a quote, I was like, not my not quote. Not my quote. I bitch. typed it up. All right. Yeah. On the screen, we read a quote they claim to be from Jack the Ripper, 1888. One day, men will look back and say, I gave birth to the 21st century. Yes. No one fucking says that. <laughs> no one. Literally not one person. Not fucking one person. I just did all that research. It wasn't mentioned once. I love it. From here, we go deep within an opium den where we first see our main character, Inspector Frederick Aberlean, played by podcast legend at this point. I mean, let's go down the list. Let's do it. Episode 27, Freddy Krueger Killer, yep. 54, Blow, 58, Sleepy Hollow, and now episode 79. <laughs> so we're going to cheers to cheers that to motherfucker. Johnny. Cheers to Jonathan Renee Thank Depp. You for all of your contributions. I forgot all about Blow. <laughs> totally fucking spaced on that one. <laughs> The only time in THC history that Instagram took down our post and then it reinstated it because I argued with them. I love it. But like we can show crime scene pictures. We can have like bloody things. Yeah. They took down the picture of cocaine. Yeah. Mass amounts of cocaine that was seized from Pablo Escobar. They're like, that's, that's too much. That is crime evidence. I know. But nope. Well, good for you. Fuck the man. <laughs> So, again, it's 1888. We're in London's Whitechapel District, which we know is fucking garbage. Apparently. Just disgusting. We never would have survived. Mary Kelly is played by Heather Graham. And I'm really surprised that she hasn't come up once, I don't think, on our podcast conversations. Never? I don't think so. Mm -mm. She's definitely not in any movies or anything. Um, basically, Mary Kelly is like the lead of this working girl gang. Yeah. Right. And they are in a bit of a pickle with the Nichols gang. Oh. Led by some loser named McQueen. Okay. So it's kind of like a pimp type of a situation in which... They're paying the Nichols gang a portion of their money to like for their safety. 
And Nichols is in our first victim, Nichols? Kind of. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's the Nichols gang. Okay. Yeah. And so all it's really doing is, like, they threaten these girls, like, either you pay us or we're going to kill you or better yet, we're going to let the rest of these motherfuckers have their way with you. Like, what are you going to have? Yeah. Okay. And so they barely have enough to survive, let alone pay these guys off. So, one of these girls, Anne, somehow fell in love with her John, right? The guy that she's fucking. Um, They have a baby. And Anne is convinced that because this guy, his name's Albert, is wealthy, that he's going to help them out. Like, he'll give them money for sure. Oh, that's a nice thought. So, she's like... Mary, I need you to watch our baby, Alice. Take the baby so that I can go fuck Albert and I'll come back with the cash. Okay. And Mary's like, we should all be out working. Like, I really don't want to be stuck here watching your kid. But if you really think that Albert's going to pull through. Yeah, it might pay off. Okay. Anne and Albert sexy time gets rudely interrupted by a group of men and they take Albert one way throwing him in a carriage and then they take Anne another way to some unknown location. We don't know. Mary and the girls see this go down and they're stuck with the baby. Great. And they still don't have fucking money. Yeah. And now half the day is gone. Yeah. So... They take the baby to Anne's parents' house and, um, you know, then they got to scramble. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do. So the first of the girls to die is Martha. And all we get to see is her being pulled from behind into a dark alleyway. Mm -hmm. And then the knife, like, the shiny part, like, Mm -hmm. flashing as it stabs her. But we're not actually, like, seeing anything. And I will say, Martha, I believe, was one of those victims. I said that they weren't sure. uh But she was stabbed multiple times Uh versus slashed. Okay. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's being stabbed, and we're listening to her mumble cries for help. And her body is discovered by... Sergeant Godley, a.k.a. Hagrid from Harry Potter. Shut the fuck The second you said it, I was like, I know for a fact I have this. So we've got to do another cheers. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. How is that possible? Look it up. up. No, I believe you. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't believe it. Sergeant, he's like the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Man, rest in peace to a real one. Mm-hmm. I cannot. What are the odds? I know. The, as soon as you one said, in a million, I only knew about Angela Lansbury. I had no idea. That's not. I won't call that a Halloween miracle, but no. it's definitely some like the, juju. It is. It's the mafia. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. 
Whoa. I need a minute to recover. I'm really blown away by it. I haven't been this blown away since we found out that what's his face was really <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Our lives have never been the same. Captain Stoudemire as Buffalo Bill. This is the last time I was the that best. shocked. Right. Oh, man. Man, rest in peace. Ruby is Hagrid, the best. I'm so sorry that Harry never named one of your kids, his kids after you. <laughs> Uh, that is one thing I'll die on. That's yeah. a hill. That's a soapbox. You don't know about any of this. No. But fucking Harry Potter and Ginny Weasley grow up to marry their goddamn sons after psychopaths. They name them after Dumbledore and Snape. Not after. Ruby is Hagrid, who has been his day Everything. one OG, would only... fucking lay his life down I for Harry in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But you name it after that psychopath Snape. Gross. Don't get me started. Gross. Anyways. Sorry. <laughs> I get upset. All right. Okay. He needs to retrieve Inspector Aberleen from the opium den where he's <laughs> awoken from a vision of the killer, you know, attacking a woman. Yeah. Right. When they get to the morgue, the coroner, played by Ian McNeese, who also played a coroner in Black Dahlia, episode oh my gosh. 53. He's just the coroner. Uh-huh. Takes Aberlene to see the body. He's confused when the body is not the same woman he saw in his vision. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, heroin addict. Sure. <sighs> While inspecting Martha's body, they determine that after the Ripper cut her throat, he also cut out her livelihood. Right. Mm-hmm. Took it as a keepsake. Elsewhere, we see a group of doctors. So it's weird. They like cut to and from. I don't know what this is. They cut to like an institution of sorts. We've got this group of doctors talking about like the next new medicine and blah, blah, blah. And there's this Dr. Farrell character. And he's explaining this new treatment that's going to help those suffering from mental illness. And can you guess what it is? We're in the 18. It's um, it's like women not orgasming. It's it's lobotomies. Oh fuck! Never mind. No. <laughs> it's fucking lobotomies. Have you ever heard that? I think they used yeah. to call it like hysteria or something mm-hmm. when like they just had to get women off, so they invented the vibrator. But they're performing one on Anne to basically keep her quiet. Perfect. So that she can't talk about whatever it is is the reason she was taken away that we still mm-hmm. don't know. Right. But they're saying that she suffered from a crippling dementia. Mm-hmm. Right. Clearly, this woman. Mary and the girls believe that the Nichols gang is responsible for Martha's death. And it's a warning for them to pay up. And with no other choice, they go back to the streets to work. Polly's got a rough night. She's the next one. She's first sexually assaulted. Then the leader of the Nichols gang threatens to cut her eye out because, you know, no one would care if a whore has no eyes because it's just another hole to stick it in. Wow. Mm -hmm. Love to see that. That's classy. And just as she recovers from that, she meets the Ripper. She is the one that... um, Aberlene saw from the opium den. This oh, is. Hold on a second. 
Are we taking a seltzer break? I got caught up and now we're moving on to our new seltzer. I've never seen these before in my life. I know. Neither have I. And I got it at Costco. Of course. That's where you got the last garbage ones. But it's it looks good. It's a hard seltzer. It's called Happy Daddy. They're good flavors. We got wild cherry, mm-hmm. pineapple, mm-hmm. lemon lime, and watermelon. Okay. And they're 100 calories and two carbs. Perfect. So we're ready to roll. Yeah, sounds great. I Hand got a wild cherry in my hand. I was going to say, I'll take any of them. Mm-hmm. And they look very, like, chic. He also got another pack that's got some bizarro flavors, Ooh. like a ginger peach and a okay. blue raspberry. And I'm like, really, bro? Every time I send you to Costco. Blue raspberry. All right. Every time I send you to fucking Costco. <clears throat> What flavor did you get? I got watermelon. And it's to be noted, it's gluten-free and with electrolytes. That's why I got it, for sure. With electrolytes? And gluten-free. And gluten-free? But aren't they all gluten-free? Who fucking cares? (laughs) It says it on the can. All right, let's see if I remember how to do this. I haven't opened a can yet. Oh, with your nails? Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to have to do it with my mouth. Don't do it with your mouth. Your teeth are more expensive than your nails. Girl, just give it to me. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. (laughs) Bee's over here with tools. Them's working girl nails right there. Bitten down to the stubs. I can open anything. All right. All right. Cheers. Here's to a new new happy dad seltz. Oh, God. God damn it. (laughs) Not every day can be a miracle. Tastes great. It does. Tastes really good. Yay. All right, happy dad. Thanks, buddy. Gluten-free. Some of us do watch our gluten, so that's lovely. Although I'm still convinced, like, isn't everything gluten-free? Who knows? You know who else doesn't know? (laughs) You know who else is (laughs) gluten-free? Due to the lack of blood at the scene of the body, Aberlene concludes that her body must have been moved. She was killed someplace more private, so he thinks that the killer is moving by carriage. Okay. Which means he has an assistant because someone has to drive the carriage. That never came up. And yours. Nope. Just the jacket. Literally, nobody ever said anything about a carriage in no. mine. So it wasn't that rich. <laughs> Not only that, uh, they found the presence of grapes. Yes. Which only wealthy men could purchase. Yeah. And it was a way to, like, lure them in. Grapes. 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 Okay. Trying to fight off that scurvy. Mm-hmm. Back at the morgue. They find that Polly's been disemboweled. Sergeant Godley thinks it's a sign from the Nichols gang, but Aberlene knows it would take someone more educated in anatomy to do this, and they narrow their search down to doctors, veterinarians, and butchers. Right. Back at home, we see Aberlene unwind from his day. Whew, girl. This. A hot bath with a cocktail of 
absinthe. The absinthe scene lives in my head rent free. With drops of poison in the sugar cube. Yeah. Oh, girl. I know. It literally, I think about it way more than I should. Uh huh. Um, I guess the poison is laudanum, which is basically just a bunch of different opiates. Great. Give it to me. Fucking morphine, codeine, the whole fucking party. What a time to be alive. And then that also ruined absinthe for me for life because I guess that's not how everybody makes absinthe. (laughs) (laughs) You can go in places, you can go to Amsterdam and stuff and get absinthe, but they don't do this whole presentation that you get in from hell that I'm expecting. (laughs) I know. I know. Can I get the Johnny Depp version of absinthe, please? the pu- the pinch with of poison. the poison please, please. <laughs> pay extra uh, after this he has a vision of his past it's a happy memory a day when he found out that a woman i'm assuming his wife is pregnant and obviously by the looks of things it didn't work out apparently realizing all of the women killed can be linked back to mary kelly they try to question her at polly's funeral they, too, believe that it's the head of the Nichols gang who's doing this to them because they can't afford to pay them. And uh, Anne's kidnapping and the whole thing. Like, a bunch of the girls want to take that story to the newspapers to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. But Mary's trying to convince them to work with Aberlene, but he's a cop. So he's a pig and no one wants to work with a fucking pig. I mean, amen to that. Right. I mean, I get it. So that night we see someone who must be the Ripper. All we see is a man enjoying a dinner of raw steak with potatoes, red wine mixed with blood before loading into (laughs) his carriage lit by green lanterns that are heading off into the darkness. Well, that's weird. Yeah. I don't know. It looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, raw? Uh, I could do rare. I raw know. feels <clears throat> aggressive. The coachman, Netley, tracks down Annie and takes her to Hanover Street, where she's lured into a dark alley with grapes and wine. <laughs> the grapes. We get more flashing images, mumbled sounds, shadows. Aberlene finds her body with five coins placed like a five-point star around her body. All right. He takes two of those coins and places them on her eyes. Just like episode number 34. Something, something, Boondock Saints. (laughs) (laughs) Something, something, Boondock Saints. Something, something, Boondock Saints. Saints and Sinners. You got to pay the fairy, right? Absolutely. Who put them on her eyes? Aberlene. Depp. Oh, so he took them off her body. Uh, they were in the star around the body. Oh, he took them to pay the fairy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sweet. Her intestines <laughs> had been purposefully arranged around her neck and shoulders. Her uterus with its attachments removed and taken. Oh, God, it literally makes my body hurt so bad. He also finds leather near the body. Which they assume belongs to a butcher's apron. Okay. I don't mention anything about the leather apron theory, but there is a whole spiel about the leather aprons that I didn't take notes on. And don't ask me what any of that information is because I literally read it 
blacked it so out of much. my memory. But there is something in the real Jack the Ripper case about the leather aprons, and there's like a whole conspiracy theory about it. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Looking. For Why do I never write down this shit? Why do I decide because that it's, it's not my important? I just go, eh, no one cares about that. And I move on. (laughs) My favorite. God Uh, damn it. Looking for suspects, Aberlene sneaks himself into this weird fucking medical facility where they're doing some fundraiser for a fucking sideshow attraction. Great. Like trying to raise money for his cure. The 1800s is a wild time. It is. Aberlene asks Dr. Farrell for help with the case, but gets a hard reject. Instead, an older, retired surgeon, Dr. William Gull, who now acts as physician to the royal family, offers to help. Aberlene asks Dr. Gull what his medical history is. He had to retire early from his past in surgery due to seizures, and he now happily teaches medicine in his spare time. Dr. Gull can tell Aberlene has an opium addiction, writes him a prescription to help with his headaches and his appetites, and agrees that the killer is most definitely a well-educated man with a vast medical history as it would be difficult for even the most well-trained doctor to cut out a woman's uterus with such speed in the dark, unnoticed. Amen. Leaving the facility, Aberlene sees Dr. Farrell get into the coach, the coach we've seen the Ripper get into. Oh, my God, with the green lanterns. The next time we see Gull, he's meeting with the queen to cut... To discuss the health of her son, who seems to be suffering from a bad case of syphilis. Bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks to be you. Aberlene goes back to Mary for help piecing things together. Why is the killer targeting this specific group of girls? Mary offers to testify against the Nichols game. Aberlene knows it's not going to do them any good, but more harm. And so over dinner, he tells her that he's had like visions of her living in a cottage by the sea, surrounded by children, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't happen to mention the visions of her fucking dead, (laughs) murdered, feeling as if she can trust him. She tells him about Anne and the baby and a secret wedding Oh, between Anne and Albert in a Catholic church in which all of the girls attended. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. When she describes the men who took Anne and Albert, it makes Aberlene suspicious that something bigger's at play, like the special government branches involved. Special Agent Ben Kidney's office is where. Aberlene finds a file on Anne that details what happened to her and what institution they have her locked away in. And Ben was a former field surgeon's assistant. Uh-oh. And so he is a possible ripper suspect as well. Okay. Gotta watch out for those Bens. Mm-hmm. The next day, Aberlene takes Mary to see Anne, and due to the lobotomy, she can't offer anything helpful to the case outside of the institution. 
<clears throat> they have this sweet moment where Aberlene tells Mary about his wife and how uh, she basically died giving birth to what would have been their son. Okay. And then takes her to an art gallery. <laughs> Perfect. Does he give her some opium? This is where they see a portrait of Anne's husband, Albert. Why would Albert be in the gallery? Because Albert is Prince Edward Albert Victor, Duke of Clarence. Whoa. This is the Queen's son. Who Dr. Goal has been tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Treating for <laughs> syphilis. No, I like tweeting. I mm-hmm. like to think about that. Aberlene immediately goes to consult with Goal. Dr. Farrell is there and tries to intervene, but he barges in anyways. And Gull confirms that, yes, the prince has a taste for what he calls, quote unquote, unfortunate women. So Aberlene is convinced that Albert is the ripper. Motive is revenge for giving him syphilis. But Gull explains that due to the syphilis, Albert is not only too weak, but his hands too shaky. And he has no medical background. So we got to start all over again. And then we see some weird fucking scene where Dr. Farrell gets initiated into a Freemasons club. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Super bizarro. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know what a Freemasons is, it's a privileged fucking white man's club. Yeah. But- and also, th- maybe they did back in the 1800s. But nowadays, like, I know Masons. And it's just like, it's like being part of the Moose Lodge or like yeah. the Elks Club. Like, it's not... They have like secret stuff. We've had friends who are Masons because their fathers and grandfathers and whoever were Masons. And they like have these <clears throat> binders that we like one of Lou's old roommates was a Mason and we weren't allowed to look at the binder. Right. Um, but like, yeah, now it's it's basically a glorified Elks Lodge now. Yeah. But back then, mm-hmm. maybe they were doing like. Crazy, crazy shit rituals fucking shit. crazy yeah i think shit. maybe back then it was a little bit wilder yeah. back at the police station aberlene and godley are presented with a package from the ripper he sent them half a kidney and writes that he ate the other half with fava beans right episode 33 <laughs> silence of the lambs yes! thank you very much You're which welcome. basically counts as a motherfucking monk reference yeah basically with captain Snodemeyer. I love that we were instantly on the same page. But it's signed from hell because they had to, you know. And again, I think some letters that he sent were referenced as the from hell letters. Fun. I actually forgot about that. I didn't it's not that I didn't write it down, I forgot it existed. But Yes, some letters from the Ripper were categorized as the from hell letters. Super fun. There you go. Love it. Okay. Aberlene has clearly formed feelings for Mary and wants to keep her safe. So he gets the Nichols gang arrested on some fucking bullshit charges just to buy the girl some time. Mm -hmm. He also gives Mary money so that they can get a room. He's like, Stay inside at night. Yes. She's on the right team. Okay. But one of the girls, Liz, 
lesbian Liz finds a girl Ada that she tries to have sex with, and Ada is like, mm, nope. so "I wonder if this is long Liz, maybe." And so when Ada rejects Liz, Liz goes out looking for somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, of course, is found walking the street by the Ripper, grapes, liquor, the whole to-do. While enjoying her treats, she does see the Ripper's knife coming up behind her. She runs the driver or the coachman, mm. Nedley, gets her. And finally, this is the kill that we've all been waiting for. This is when N- Nedley, the coachman's, like, holding her. And so we get the full slashing uh-huh. of the throat, like, really meaty, bloody, Ugh. just gross. And uh, this is also the first time there's a witness who alerts authorities, forcing the Ripper to abandon his kill. And Aberlein knows immediately that that's not going to satisfy him. Yeah. Right? That's bad news. And he gets this sensation that basically makes him go fucking taking off on foot. Like, he's going to go catch him. Like, he can just follow his visions to go go find him. Instead, he finds the Nichols gang. And they fuck him up. What? They beat the shit out Why? of him. Why? Because he got them arrested. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. And they leave his ass unconscious on the street. So lucky for the Ripper with Aberlene un- knock the fuck out. He has time to find Liz's friend, Catherine. Yeah, they're using the right names and everything. Mm-hmm. Who had been out all night looking for Liz, trying to convince her to come home. Her death is not so much gory, but clever. So you see the Ripper walk in front of her. And obviously, as he's walking by, like, he's slicing. And so, as the shadow, like, passes by, like, you see the blood slowly start okay. to... Okay. Yeah. That's more artistic. Okay. Okay. Fancy. He leaves the message in chalk that reads, The Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Jews spelled J-U-W-S. Which is... Right. Okay. Man, they put a lot of detail into this, really. Believe me, I was shocked. (laughs) Aberlene can't make sense of why an educated man would misspell Jew. And then when Constable some fuck tells him to wash it away, he bitches a fit. Like, how dare you ask me to get rid of evidence? And here's the squabble. Okay. Right. That gets him kicked off the case. (gasps) Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Unable to let it go, he writes Mary a letter, seals it with a ton of cash, leaves it at a pub where I'm immediately like, who the fuck is going to give this to some girl? Like, I'm going to keep that cash. But But maybe they don't know it's in there. I know. She gets... It's obvious. It's a thick fucking envelope. (laughs) What else would be in there? Right? Um, Anyways, he goes back to his opium den for inspiration. Perfect. And he doesn't like what he sees because he sees Mary and the Ripper. And we also see the Ripper's driver, Nedley, stalking her from a distance. 
And finally, we put the clues together from the scene, the coins forming the pentacle star. The murderer is reenacting the historical Freemason executions. And so he immediately thinks back to Dr. Gull. Right. It's weird that they threw the Freemasons in here for no reason. Yeah, I agree. They just threw them under the bus Mm -hmm. for no reason. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Dr. Oh, okay. When we see Dr. Gull, he's dressing for an appointment. As Aberlene is accusing him of being the Ripper, Gull delivers that famous quote from the beginning of the movie about the 21st century. Right. And we see Aberlene reach for his gun, and as he goes to shoot... Gun? Yeah, gun. Wow, okay. He gets hit from the back of the head. Okay. Mm -hmm. With what? We don't know. Oh. Gull now has these black eyes, right? Like, all of his eye is black. Okay. Right? Like, he's possessed. Right. His pupils are so dilated. Uh And he takes off in his Green Lantern (laughs) carriage (laughs) as we then see... Freemasons, Dr. Farrell, and Special Agent Officer Kidney take Aberlene away in a different carriage. They knocked him out. They're the ones who knocked him out? Mm-hmm. They're, they're in on it They're in well. all in on they're it? They're in on it. The free- oh, my God. <laughs> the Freemasons, the doctor, everybody. <clears throat> the Freemasons were hired by the queen to punish the women for what they did to her son. Okay. The Ripper who we now know as Gull, walks into a dark room where we see a girl asleep. We can only assume it's Mary in the bed when he starts slicing and dicing, removes her heart, cooks it in a kettle hanging above the fireplace. While Aberlane manages to wake up and fight for his release, he does not make it in time. But we do get a really good kill scene where I think it's Officer Kidney that, like, gets his face to the carriage wheel oh okay (laughs) amazing just like that hit myself in the face but as the wheels like going around it's just like hitting him constantly so his skin starts to like come off yeah yeah it's a good one anyways he arrives to find mary's room and bed soaked in blood making everything pretty much unidentifiable right He's beside himself with grief when he's given his job back for figuring out who the killer is. So now reinstated, he's forced to examine her body. Great. When he notices the color of the hair appears to be dyed red. It's so blood soaked. Right. It looks red like but Mary's. It's not really red like her hair. Correct. Uh-huh. It's actually blonde. And so he keeps this to himself, rushes to the pub where he left the letter to find another letter that she wrote. It explains that she went back to her hometown. She's living by the cottage in the sea with the kid. And the- What a smart fucking woman. Okay. Yes. You have a way out. Get with all the f- that money. Get the fuck out. Leaves him the address. Come be with me. We'll, oh. live, we'll live happily ever after. But he is so afraid 
that if the Freemasons catch on Mm -hmm. that she's still alive, that he'll never allow them to live a happy life. Okay. So instead, he stays. The queen decides to let the Freemasons be the judge of Gull's fate as he did perform the task she assigned, just not the way she approved. Mm-hmm. He's given a lobotomy and left in a cell, naked, drooling, and mumbling to himself. And then the movie ends with Sergeant Godley, good old Hagrid, finding Inspector Ad. Aberlene dead in the opium den no! from an overdose. And then he puts the two coins on his eyes Aww. and says goodbye. It was so sad. So sad. I do love when they end a movie with everyone basically dying. Yeah. I like that a lot. Oh, it was, yeah, no, it's on a sad note for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know. Mm-hmm. It's realistic. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually, I haven't watched the movie in probably decades at this point. I hadn't e- I've seen it once in my life. I've, I've seen it a few times. Yeah. Obviously, I own the yeah. DVD. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been a very long time. Yep. I was shocked at how many, like, facts they put in there. That girl, That's which is why I'm watching the movie and I'm like, I don't know if What's this what? is bullshit. Some stuff is definitely made yeah. up and put in for dramatic flair. Yeah. The Nichols games gang was very interesting, interesting take because with the, the, the last name. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the original victim. I thought the is same Mary thing. Nichols. I, I thought the same thing. So that's mm-hmm. obviously on purpose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, lots of facts thrown in there. Very interesting. Was um, you got it, friend? It's the fucking fan. This fan fucks up every podcast. But without it, we sweat. So I'm dying to know. You you know nothing about a Dr. Gull? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. I told you everything I know. Yeah. So immediately thinking like, oh, I'm sure this is all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like they just did it for theatrics or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I have to go looking for another movie. But wait, how many knives do you give from hell? <coughs> Four. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. And was Johnny Depp's character in this as eccentric as he was in Sleepy Hollow? No. Okay. Not at all. That's where I get them mixed up yeah. because I picture him in from hell being kind of like kooky like he wasn't sleep remember how sleepy hollow he was like neurotic and scared and like passed out funny all the time yeah all this is not funny no he's serious he's more romanticized and opium yeah i know but i still picture him heroin chic i remember him being funny (laughs) yeah no so i'll have to rewatch. not funny at all okay Mm -mm. maybe i'll do that this spooky season i'll rewatch sleepy hollow and from hell Mm mm-hmm Okay, so Jack the Ripper, 1988, like you pointed out, 100 years later. 100 years later with Mm -hmm. my cocaine. (laughs) They say that the murders in Whitechapel committed by Jack the Ripper have baffled the world. And what you're about to see 
is a dramatization of those events. Our story is based on extensive research, including a review of official files by special permission of home office and interviews with leading criminologists and Scotland Yard officials. It's a very serious. That's legit. Do you want pineapple or lemon lime? I want pineapple. Okay, pineapple. But that just reminded me of one of my news things that I must have left out. And I can't believe I did. So hold on. Because I... Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. It was on the Bigfoot page. I I don't know. Scotland Yard official made me remember this okay. for whatever reason. Let's hear it. Call him Sir Sam. Jurassic Park star <gasps> Sam Neill is officially knighted as by who? By who? New Zealand. Oh. I don't care. Okay. It's a <laughs> Actually, she's, I didn't know New Zealand could night people. I don't people. know. It's an order of merit, but still, I'm thrilled. <laughs> yes. Of course, and Dr. Fact, Grant. And the fact that I almost left it out. Oh, my God. Wow. I just got excited for half a second because I thought that might have been the first official royal duty of, of King Charles. No, no. <laughs> could you imagine if King Charles was like, fucking finally, no. I get to knight. Dr. Grant. A true knight. No. I mean, his mom knighted like Elton John, which is a pretty big deal. You know? So funny. No one make me Queen of England because I'll be knighting all kinds of people. Johnny Depp, knight immediately. Ah, so funny. Well, good for him. Sam O'Neill. But tell me that that doesn't sound like super legit, right? Scotland Yard. Yes. Criminologist. Yes. Is this a documentary? That's what it feels like. And again, we open. It's London. 1988. Everyone had mullets and acid wash jeans. 1888. A city crippled by fear due to the murders in Whitechapel. Investigator of Scotland Yard. Frederick Aberlean, played by legend Michael Caine. So they're both playing. Yes. Did I mention him? Is he a real person? Did I forget already? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, okay, good. For real. <laughs> you knew his middle name. Yeah, Frederick George Aberlean, yeah, I think was his name. Uh huh. Sure. This is on Burner Street, September yes, 30th. Yes, that is a very real street that it all happens on. Mm hmm. Ripper steps up his game, killing two women in one night. Elizabeth Liz yep. Stride, followed by Catherine. I think it's Eddowes. Yep. <laughs> what I say? Like Addos or Eddowes. Oh, I said the same thing. Um, like less than a mile away from each other. Yes. So mm-hmm. far, we are factually correct. Yeah. Elizabeth's body is found when a group of men who refer to themselves as the Whitechapel Vigilante Committee. Yes. Storms up with torches, yelling at the police. Trying to avoid the chaos, Fred decides to check the body of Catherine, but instead finds that she's already been taken to the morgue. Her blood washed away, ruining the evidence that may have been left behind. And uh, the thing that wasn't washed away was the anti-Semitic message about the Jews. 
Whoa, we mm-hmm. are off to a strong I know. start. I knew Michael Caine would be part of a. Uh, I know. Yes, well produced yeah. film. They compare the letter claimed to be written by the killer and the handwriting hand on the wall, and it doesn't match. Okay. They do note that the word Jew is spelled wrong. And um, I noted to myself that it was very like BTK, stupid spelling. Motherfuckers can't spell. Episode 76. Motherfuckers cannot spell. The fact that BTK couldn't spell will always make me laugh because he was like a real person, like a professional father. How is he helping these guys with their English homework? No, and then the one we did just recently... Where the guy wrote the letter. Uh huh. No. Oh my goodness. Uh. I forgot everybody <laughs> that we've done. To be honest, between BTK and now, I don't know who we did. Who did we do last week? <laughs> it was a super recent. <laughs> Mothman was last week, and it before that, it wasn't spooky season. No, I know it wasn't. He spelt her first name wrong or her last name wrong i have no idea who we've done i know it's robert durst yes yes motherfucker all good things yes yes beverly hills yeah he spelled beverly wrong yes i can't believe i remembered that thank god what an experience to remember that one of us that's how he got caught because he spelled beverly wrong every fucking time this asshole and in the interview he even said he's like oh yeah they spelled beverly wrong bitch you spelled beverly wrong they you did robert dursh probably went to the best college in the united states oh my god i love it so much that's so funny (laughs) okay okay (laughs) anyways (laughs) <laughs> with no useful leads the police go door to door questioning everybody in sight like episode 73 vampire of Dusseldorf <laughs> M is for murder baby they get a break when exa- examining the body of Elizabeth her ears had been cut off mm. just like the handwritten letter had claimed they would be And so now we can confirm the letter that they received is real. Okay. Right? So that's the handwriting that we're going off of is the letter. Perfect. A new letter is turned over to the inspector, which one of the lines reads, the first one squealed a bit, didn't have time to get their ears. And then they make a comment that's cocky like, You know, the next time I go to get this bitch, basically, and it's like this cocky motherfucker, just like all of them. They just get so ahead of themselves. Like, even though I didn't do it right this time, there's always going to be a next time because you're not going to get caught. And there was a real ripper letter like that. Like, Mm -hmm. he was basically saying, like, oh, I wanted to mail you her ear. But I didn't get like something else happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fred thinks that there may be more than one killer. As the coroner explained, it would have taken at least 15 minutes to cut up the body of Elizabeth. And so now they think that the handwriting could have been from the second murderer when like the the chalk handwriting. Mm -hmm. So again, we think there's two people, which wasn't part 
of yours. No, there were theories that there were multiple people, but it was just kind of like something that was thrown around. It was nothing that they like had concrete evidence for, but it it. it is like from hell with like his carriage man, right? Mm -hmm. An assistant of some sort. Mm -hmm. But what they're lacking is motive. None of the women have been raped or robbed. They're all lower class. They don't have a whole lot to offer. And just like in episodes 71 and 41, Boston Strangler and I don't know what the 41 is, maybe Son of Sam, they used a medium named Robert James Lee to tell investigators that he saw a carriage uh-huh. that drove the killer through the night from the two murders. Wow, maybe there is something about it, and I just mm-hmm. didn't see it in my research. Because for it to be a thing um, in From Hell and, and from this highly respectable Michael with, Caine right. film. And that the carriage had a specific crest. Yes. Okay. So this must be a thing that yes. just didn't pop up in any of my <laughs> extensive research I've done over the past 24 hours. <laughs> All right. He believes that the murderer is actor Richard Mansfield. He plays the part of Jackal and Hyde. So because of his multiple personalities, they sample his handwriting to the letters. They rule him out. Um, Aberlene asks his friend Emma. Played by Jane Seymour. Hey! Right. queen. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's an actress. So she confirms, like, I don't think it's him. Okay. They have officers dress as panhandlers to follow people around. Also very vampire of Dusseldorf. Yes. All right. Someone from the local press comes forward with a box that has half of the human kidney. And then um, there is also something written to the vigilante leader, George Lusk, saying that the other half of the kidney had been eaten. Very a la Hannibal Lecter style. Yes. Fava beans mm-hmm. and uh, what? A nice Chianti. Mm-hmm. So far, the facts are perfect. What is that for? Oh, you want me to open it for mm-hmm. you? Sorry, I'm using sign language. I need la- an assist. At this point, I'm using sign language with V. Yep, I need an assist. Okay. They confirmed that the kidney had been preserved with alcohol, something that a surgeon would do, and most likely came from the body of Catherine Eddowes. They report back to Fred that they don't believe the rumors but it could be the queen's grandson prince albert so this one also has the queen's grandson albert also isn't a prince albert a dick piercing a prince albert yeah yeah sorry uh-huh. <laughs> you yeah. say prince albert yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. our brain goes mm-hmm. he's been seen going to brothels dressed in disguise Aberlene warns Emma not to say anything about this rumor to anybody else in fear that it could get her killed. We see Fred and Sergeant George go back to the scene of the crime. Uh, They decide that there's no way that there would have been enough time to cut up and dismember 
one woman and then go and kill the other woman unless there were two people involved. Yeah, maybe that's just the magical power of the Ripper. Yeah, I know. He's got Mothman speed. That's right. (laughs) Fred and George pat themselves on the back, thinking they've figured out some huge clue when the vigilantes storm Scotland Yard calling for the commissioner to resign. Again, we see the psychic from earlier. He's drawing a picture of this royal crest on a carriage. Um, And suddenly he like has some weird fucking vision of a girl being murdered. She's got beautiful yellow hair. She's being cut up by someone who looks like a knight. A knight? That's what he says. That's weird. Mm Mm-hmm. We see that there's this young girl named Millie. It's her first night working the street, and she's being approached for, like, a special job. We can only assume that it's going to be her. Uh-huh. Right? Because she's got this beautiful, blonde, yellow hair. Uh, we see the carriage arrive. Someone dressed in black with a black doctor's, like, instrument bag and white yep. gloves walk down the alley towards what we assume is Millie but Millie's actually been stood up at the bar it's not Millie oh who is it it's Mary Mary Kelly Kelly. Mm -hmm. she's not scared by whoever it is it's almost as if it's like a familiar person to her okay and then uh, she starts to ask like she knows something's wrong Mm-hmm. And she can tell something's off when he reaches into the bag and he pulls out a long knife and we see her, we see her blood splattered across the walls. She screams. And then we are transported to Dorset Street, Whitechapel. Yep. Where the landlord goes to collect rent from Mary and finds what's left of her. Right. Mm-hmm, in the bed. Man, this has been, besides the, I like, know. psychic medium, mm-hmm. this is on point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Reviewing the evidence and consulting with the renowned retired Dr. Gull, they decide it's a Dr. Ackland and his assistant, John Netley. Okay. Same Netley. Amazing. Mm-hmm. The crest on Dr. Ackland's carriage matches the description from the medium. They take Netley in for questioning. He writes Jews, spells it wrong, just like it was written. Whoa! Okay, Robert Durst. Right? They provide him with a fake pardon to get him to narc, basically, on who the Ripper is. So they lure the Ripper out. Um, He... We see the carriage being prepared. Um... And basically, when the Ripper thinks that he's going to meet the girl, he ends up meeting Michael Caine. Oh. Aberlene. Very to catch a predator. Right, uh-huh. <laughs> and it is, in fact, Dr. Gull. Oh, my God. So that's why I'm like, in both movies, yeah. it's it's all the same. It's like this royal doctor to... Prince Albert. Yeah. I want to know who this Dr. Gull is. Anyways, so... Fred tries to kill 
Gall on the spot, Sergeant George stops him. Instead, they find out that prior to retiring, Gull had been focusing his studies on the mind, like trying to solve how to cure multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Gull suffered a stroke, started to lose his mind, and then decided to take his mind off of that by ripping up working women to study them in hopes of finding a cure. Fantastic. And so that is the 19, or, yeah, 1988. 1988. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that I can think that would explain it, mm-hmm. because a lot of that stuff was not in my extensive research, is that uh, whoever made Sleepy Hollow, or fuck, <laughs> whoever made From Hell, basically got shit from this movie. 1988. I agree. Jack I feel Ripper. I feel like From Hell is a direct ripoff yeah, yeah, yeah. of this movie. Who made From Hell? I fuck It's if not I know. Tim Burton, right? No. Okay. I'll I look I it don't up. think don't so. You worry. But no, I don't think so. But I thought the same exact thing. Yeah, From Hell was made by Albert and Allen. Hughes, those are the directors. I don't know who wrote it, because that would be more who was ripping yeah. off. But still, yes, I think that's what happened mm-hmm. is that they just ripped a lot off from this 1988. But I still feel like this classic. one was more legit. This was very legit. Yeah. This had a lot same name. Yeah, because from hell they really start going on weird yeah. side. Storylines, yeah, but this, this was much this cleaner, really narrow, and to the point, and it seemed more official. Yeah, for sure. And for being such an old fucking movie, and then having some legends, I'm gonna give this one a motherfucking five. Whoa, a five it. knife review. So it was entertaining. It, it was, was enough to keep you involved. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Great acting. Great. Oh well. I mean, come on. Come on. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, a quick side note, shall we? Yeah. Hold on one second. Because I also have a perfume. A review? I could give one me. too. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Um, really quickly, I just learned literally today, and this has been a big part of my life okay. for decades. Did you know that the voice of Sally... In Nightmare Before Christmas is motherfucking Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, yeah. Stop it. Stop saying it like, of course, you should know that. Fuck you. I have watched Nightmare Before Christmas a thousand times. I had no idea. Yeah. I feel like we did look it up recently. I don't think we did. No, not we. I mean, oh. like me and with within my own family, like oh. Nick and I, mm. like recently. I had no clue, yeah. and I was. Why did you look it up? Somebody mentioned it. Yeah, on like TikTok or something, mm-hmm. and I'm like, she's the best. What? I know. What are you talking about? One of my favorite actresses meets one of my favorite movies. I, I had no clue. Yeah, I know she's the best. The best. Okay, so we had four point five knives, right? Is that what you gave? No, no, no. For From Hell, it's 4.5 Knives. 
Or did you do 3.5? I think I gave them, yeah. Yeah, 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 three. 3.5 knives for From Hell. Mm -hmm. Five knives for Jack the Ripper. Yes. Michael Caine does it again. Does it. Perfect. Fucking Batman, Alfred. Everything. Everything. So many. um, Oceans. Whatever. 10, 11, 12, (laughs) 13, 14. Okay. Oh, and also... Don't forget my favorite Michael Caine movie of all time. My favorite version of The Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm. The best. Mm -hmm. He plays Scrooge. It's my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. How dare you sneak Christmas in on our spooky season? Doesn't matter. No, it's for King Caine. And also, Christmas Carol has ghosts involved multiple spirits all right okay so now yes we're moving on to perfume reviews no first we got to talk about my look of the week oh shit i forgot it existed well yeah because i'm not wearing it right so we're gonna do it on scene tomorrow (gasps) because during our block party because check this out i went through our old like Halloween stuff and I found costumes that I forgot Bobby had given us. Yes. There is the perfect old man mask. Okay. That looks just like Dr. Goal. Perfect. In both movies. Perfect. With the glasses. Uh-huh. And like sideburns and shit. Uh-huh. And then I've got a little bowler hat. Perfect. And then I need your cape. Okay. The one that we used for the Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Right. And then I'm going to do my bloody cut up shirt. My serial killer mm-hmm. shirt mm-hmm. that I haven't attached the serial boxes to yet. So it's just got cuts and blood. Wow. And then, you know, the lady that we got when I was pregnant that's got the baby coming out. Yes. That of looks course. like she's disemboweled. Yes. So I'm going to come up from like behind her. Wow. And I have grapes. Wow. So- <laughs> You're also going to be just holding grapes? I'm be holding grapes. Perfect. So we got a lot a lot and i think it'll be fun and we're gonna do it on scene tomorrow fantastic and that's gonna be my costume for no pressure yeah perfect it'll be great can't wait (laughs) what a time now i have to find that little stupid cape thing oh i'll find it yeah it's gotta be here somewhere right if you don't we'll come up with something i'll wear a tablecloth it'll be fine (laughs) it'll be fine (laughs) all right so that's your look of the week. And now, yes. I can't wait to put it on THC podcast on Instagram. Check it out there. What do you have for me this week? Another, well, it's like drug bag of fragrances. This is my own baggage this time. Oh, perfect. I will tell you, I have received alt fragrances. I think it's fire, fireside or by the fireplace, whatever. And I do love it. If anyone wants it, it is great. Cheap alternative to replicas by the fireside. Um, when you first spray it, it feels very smoky. And you're like, oh, am I going to smell like a bonfire? Literally, if you just let it like breathe for a minute, the vanilla e sweet kicks in. And it smells so fucking good. It is a very smoky, marshmallowy. So you have it. I have it. Okay, I've been wearing perfect. it all week. Okay. It's well, fantastic. Well, I'm going to have to smell that because I need your opinion on this. What is this? Well, take that. You think my eyesight's good enough for no, this? No, 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 no. I've got it. 
printed. Perfect, because this is very small. Surrender to chance. That's what I'm reading. Oh, this dear. is Shalimar <laughs> Eldo Gulian. <laughs> yeah? For women. Oh, yes. And it's one of the perfumes that I typed in. Like, I want to smell like an expensive hotel. Mm -hmm. So listen. Main Accords. Amber. Woody. Mm -hmm. Balsamic. Oh. Vanilla. Leather. Smoky. Yes. Warm, spicy. Yes. All my favorite scents. I'm terrified now. Okay. By the way, the look on these <laughs> faces so goddamn smug right now. I just want to throw an entire can of seltzer at Well, her. that's because I'm so mad. Because <laughs> I don't smell any of that. What do you smell? Because it's very clear what I smell. Maybe a little piney. Yeah, a little aftershavey. Yeah. I smell straight up baby powder and pine salt. Pine salt, yeah. That's the piney. Yeah. It smells... It, it reminds me almost a tinge of my grandfather's old school Old Spice aftershave. Like cheap. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's cheap, but like it's just old. Like. Yeah. Like, it's what old men put on after they shave meets, like, pine trees. The, a full bottle of this bitch costs, like, $115. <laughs> and this is what people... And literally, none of that... What you just I, mentioned... All the shit I just read? Not a thing. No. Leather and smoke. Balsamic. Balsamic and vanilla. No. These Fuck. people just make shit up. I they just put words in I there. People so Sprinkle words around. Okay. You want to smell mine? Fuck you. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah. That was a rip off. I'm right. I have nothing on. Here, I'll just give it to you. Oh, Spray it on. Again, it, it starts off real right. fiery, but if you let it like hang out for a while, it turns sweet vanilla-y. Well, it's cheap, babe. It's like 40 bucks for this. Oh, no. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it already smells a thousand times better than whatever you just handed me. No, I love it. Yeah. And it's 40 bucks mm -hmm. for the whole bottle. Yeah. No, it's great. I love the fiery. Yeah. I All love the fireside smoky. marshmallow is mm -hmm. what it's called. It's, and that's what it smells like. Yeah, a fireside <laughs> marshmallow. That's yeah. what it smells like. It smells great. And it smells better as you wear it throughout the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that's another thing. So I did. I wore that just because I was curious to see like how it would mesh with my body. And maybe mm -hmm. that's where I came up with like the powdery scent because mm -hmm. that was an accord that it listed was powdery. Uh -huh. And I do smell baby powder when I wear it, but it's like pine saw baby powder. Yeah. Okay. It lasted for four hours. Yeah. Like, so you're still, you're, you're going to claim to be an eau de bleu. And you're gonna last for four hours, bitch. Four hours. Give me at least six hours wear. At least a at work least. day. At least. Yeah. But like you, <sighs> you sprayed this one one spray. Yeah. Is 
Already perfect. the atmosphere smells great. Smells like, yeah. Yeah. No. It's alt is just it's killing, killing it. it. Mm-hmm. That's Get yourself where it's some at. alt. Mm-hmm. But not the Killian the, knockoff or the. Not the Killian or the Guri Ray cheese we just smelled. What was <laughs> the it? Guri Guri But I will say hard yes on these happy daddies. Happy dads. 10 out of 10. Out of 10. Yeah, these are great. These are excellent. And they're very chic looking. Mm-hmm. Like if you were literally a dad bringing things to a place, this doesn't, this feels it's much like more. like a 70s dad can. Yeah, it's much more masculine than mm-hmm. like uh, whatever a white claw yeah. would be. Although it is to be said that the true masculine alpha male move is to not care and right. bring your white claws and wear yeah. your pink Hawaiian shirt and who cares. But <laughs> if you're worried about it, the Happy Dad Seltzer, very under the radar. Really? The perfect flavors, too. Mm-hmm. They, they nailed it. They taste it. great. Mm-hmm. Get your Happy Dads. Spray your alt perfume. Don't get your Gruyere cheese yeah. perfume. And, we'll and live steer life. towards the alts. And we're good. Yeah, fantastic. All right. If you want to see pictures from this week's episode, Bees Look of the Week, which we have not taken a picture of yet, but it will be fantastic. It will. Go to THC Podcast on Instagram. It's literally our only social media. (laughs) If you want to leave us a five-star review, you could do that. If you want to just listen, you can do that, too. We appreciate it. Either way. Hey, we've gotten some fun comments. Oh, I have people talk to me all the time on Fine. on on IG. Meow. Um, and this is only episode two out of three, so we still have one more spooky season. I cannot wait to tell you guys what it is because it's if you it's are gonna, a right, are TNT we gonna listener, you're gonna be gonna very cry? excited about the episode three of Spooky Season. But we hope you liked this one, and we will see you next time. Meow. Bye, you spooky bitches. Bye.